not a lot deepness in this message. You're, you're of his people. And working on a series of what's wrong with the church. And there's something wrong with the church. Christians need Jesus to become their full-time Lord and Savior. They really do. God said, if my people, but we talk to people and they give me some answers, you know, I've got my religion. Religion won't save you. I'm sorry, will not save you. Only Christianity will save you. There's years ago, I had a list of 365 different in the United States, and uh, it's probably thousand or better now, maybe more. But if my religion, good works, prayer. Bible reading, baptism, or just plain belief in God could get me to heaven, then why did God send us the Savior? I pondered that thought a long time. If what I do or what you do will get you to heaven, why did God let his son be crucified? Because religion won't save you. Church membership won't save you. Keeping the law won't save you. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 11, God said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That is what will save you. Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ will wash my sins white as snow. And what the devil has done such a good job on is that uh, you've got plenty of time. But Adam and Eve were driven out of the Garden of Eden by committing one sin. How many sins do you have to commit to go to hell. Just one. Just one sin. And the only thing that will cover that one sin are, in my case, multitudes of sins. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. Adam and Eve was driven out for one sin. But yet we have 
professing Christians who you almost got to beg to come to church. I hope we don't have any in the building this morning that you would have to beg you to come to church. It's our duty. It's our duty to be in church. In James chapter 2 and verse 10, James chapter 2 and verse 10. Here God says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law, yet offend in one point, he's guilty of all. Now, to have a shortened down meaning of this verse, says one sin that's not been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ will keep you from going to heaven. You don't have to be a drug user, an alcoholic, a fornicator. And those are almost accepted in our society now. They're accepted in some churches because, as God says, we're all sinners. We know that, and when we would name some of those things, people will say, well, the issue, none of those are my sins. I don't do any of those. But yet God tells us, you know, in Romans 3.23, that all have sinned come short of the glory of God. All, and that all include me. But the good news is that Jesus came to this earth to pay sin debt for us. Who is the us? The us are those that will take their place as a sinner. Who will admit that they have no power within themselves to save themselves. There's good people. The lady that I mentioned to you several times because she was such a blessing to me. She was another neighbor across the street and she was finally passed away and she was 88 years old. And we never had a disagreement all the time she was living there except uh, I said, you know, Sue, I, I love you, and my wife loved you, and I'd just like to ask you a personal question. If you were to die today, would you be in heaven? And she said, Mr. Vance, 
I knew I was in trouble. I don't discuss my religion with nobody. I said, and you do have kids and grandkids, right? She said, I do, and I love them. Are they saved? That's none of my business. Now, here is a lady that uh, ran a business, was a school teacher for years, but had no understanding about how to be saved. So it's not the poor African or those over in Iraq or Iran or China. There's people right here in the United States where you drive down any road and there are cars, at least a few, where people are attending church. But yet some of the most intelligent people that are Lifted up as great citizens that don't even know how to be saved and don't think their responsibility is to lead their children to the Lord. Uh, I should say this without apology, and I don't say it to embarrass anybody. I love Jacob. And I love his wife because his wife loves Jacob. And I'm thankful that he's the type of man that he wants to make a good living for his family. But his greatest responsibility is to tell them as they grow about the Savior. Because those two precious children are gifts from God to them. Now, I'm using his name, but I'm talking about all of you. I'm talking about myself. I've got three. They're gifts from God. My responsibility is to tell them, you need a Savior. Well, uh, they were brought up in church, but I have a problem. And you may say, well, Brother Vance, it's your problem. Well, it is. Guilty of charge. I have a problem that if you have opportunity to be in God's house and you don't take that opportunity and you profess to be saved, what do you have? Church membership or salvation? But dad, you don't understand. You're right, I don't. Absolutely do not understand. Who needs the Savior? As far as I'm concerned, 
I don't ever worry about my wife. I know where she's at. I know where she's doing today. She's listening to me. But there are those that I love that have used some silly reason not to be in church. And that's all it is, just some silly reason. Because God says, for all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. 1 John 1, 8 says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I mean, we need to realize that uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. First John chapter 1, verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So in reality, when a person tells me I don't need church. I don't need this religious. I know hypocrites, hypocrites, hypocrites. So you're going to let a hypocrite cause you to go to hell. I think it's a fair question. You're not in church because there's hypocrites in church? I had to privilege of eating at the Calumet on my birthday. First time I'd ever ate there. It was good. It was packed. I'm sure there were some hypocrites in there somewhere. I don't know that. I only knew my party. Anybody else I didn't know, but I'm sure as many people that was in that restaurant that night, there were probably some hypocrites there. They didn't affect the taste of my steak at all. I mean, it was good. You see what I'm saying? We don't have any reason. We make up reasons. Good news, Jesus came to the earth to pay our sin debt for us and we got to call upon him and take our place as a sin-deserving, hell-bound sinner unless God quickens us, makes us alive, and causes us to come to him. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, now we're, you know, you've been in a Baptist church any time at all, you've heard this, but it's always good to hear good news again, right? You know, I imagine that Josie has heard, and she may not be old enough to understand, but 
She's heard many, many people say, man, she's beautiful. Ain't she sweet? And after a while, you know, she sort of relates to those words and that precious little grin comes on her face. That's good news. And you never get tired of hearing good news. I'm saved. I know I'm saved. And when somebody asks me, do I know Jesus Christ? He's the reason I'm saved. When I went to the doctor to see if I was dying or not, you know, everybody better go get it checked out. Well, you know, he's, he's, when we got all the tests back and I called him and I said, you know, you're going to have to put up with me a little bit longer. Everything's good. He said, I guess somebody's watching over you. His name is Jesus. Do you know him? Now, why did I say that? God opens up opportunity after opportunity for us not to push ourselves, but just to praise the Lord for what he's done. But we're afraid. I don't want to push my religion. I don't have no religion. I despise religion. Religion is man-made. What I have is a message from God that the Holy Spirit quickened me and made me alive and given me the ability to believe it and a desire to spread it. First Corinthians 15. What did God say here in verse 3? He said, For I deliver unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Let's stop. Right here. For I deliver unto you first of all all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. You can't share something that you don't have. He delivered it unto me. He woke me up. I was dead in trespasses and sins. He woke me up. And he said, I wanted to deliver to you, Paul said, first of all, that which I also received. See, you can't share something you don't have and you're not excited about something you have if you don't practice what you have. And that he was buried and that he arose again the third day according to Scripture. Now, I could pass this scripture, but you know me, I won't. He didn't die on Friday and raise on Sunday. 
I'm not as smart as some of you, but my best subject was math. And from Friday to Sunday, it's not three days and three nights. But yet every Easter, we want to, you know, celebrate Good Friday. What's good about Friday? He was still in the grave on Friday. I don't believe that. Then take your Bible, come to my office, and we'll talk all evening. See, we got to get facts right if we expect God to use them. You got that, Steve? That he was bearded and he rose the third day according to Scripture. God tells us that. Now, what did Jesus say? He he says we must repent. But what do uh, religion want? Religion wants numbers. I want numbers. But I don't want numbers that the people are not saved. I don't want them to be feel good because they're got their name on the church roll, they've been baptized, and yet there's been no change in their life. God said in Mark chapter 1, we're in Matthew, let's turn over to Mark, and we'll see here in verse 15, Mark 1. And verse 15. And saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. What must happen before you can repent or believe? Dead men can't repent. A dead man can't believe. A spiritually dead man. We said, why don't the lost people come? They can't come. They don't have a desire to come. Until what? Until God makes them alive. How did he do that? The foolishness of preaching the gospel. I mean, you just stop and think about it. Man is lost. He's on his way to hell. And some man gets up and preaches the gospel, how the Christ died, how the Christ buried, how he arose again for sinners just like me. And God, by the Spirit of God, applied that to me. So what saved me? What was the instrument that God used to save me? The gospel. The gospel. How that God does. I was in the hospital 41 days. Supposed to get married on Friday. 
Got sick on Monday. Was in the hospital 41 days. I was in there 15 days before they knew what's wrong with me. They, I mean, I was dying, I guess, so they said, we're going to have to open him up. You know, What do we have to lose? And when they opened me up, they found that my spleen had burst. So I'm sure they asked the family, asked my fiancé, you know, did he fall? Did somebody hit him? You know, how did that happen? No, didn't fall. Nobody didn't hit me. God had a reason. His name was William Hunley. Brother Pastor Bill Hunley. He stuck his foot in a lawnmower. God put him in the room with me and he started preaching. And every day I said, one of us needs some, some help. You know, it's like that coon hunter up there with that coon you know shoot up her one of us needs some relief that's the way it was in that room one of us needs some relief I'm here in pain I'm sick I'm and he's talking about Jesus if Jesus is so good why don't he take my pain away he just kept on preaching Every day he was in there, he kept on preaching. Why did he do that? Because nothing will save you except the preaching of the gospel. You've got to hear how Jesus died, how he was buried, and how he rose again, again the third day according to Scripture. Jesus said we must repent. The time is fulfilled. What is he talking about? Jesus already died. He's already been buried. The third day he already rose. He administered for a number of days. He's ascended back to the Father. The time is at hand. Everything is ready. Repent and believe the gospel. The gospel means good news. We must turn from our own thoughts and ways and believe the gospel. John eight twenty four. In John the eighth chapter and the twenty fourth verse, God said this I say therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye know not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. What was John saying? The Holy Spirit led him to write, I say therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not, see, Salvation is received by believing. Salvation is received by believing what Jesus said he did. I heard what he did and I believe what he did. And it didn't upset me at all later on when I realized that the only reason I believe is because he was working on me. 
And I, I was already pastor here. Show you how slow learner I am. I was already pastor here that I, I learned that the only reason I love Jesus is because he loved me first. And if he had never loved me, I would have never loved him. The Bible says that. I'd read the Bible through. How come? Because you don't always get things the first time. You know. We used to have a member. They're not here any longer. You know, sometimes God bless when they come and sometimes God bless when when they go. But this uh, member, you, I mean, I, I guess they kept count of every message I preached and, and the title of it. And, and every time when I warmed over one, you know, and, you know, God added more to it. And he said, you preached that. You want to know when you preached it? I said, that's why I don't keep a record. That's your job. I'll preach this one over next Sunday if God leads it. Do we have something new? Is that the problem with people now? They want a new gospel? There is no new gospel that saves. We must fully believe to the point where we are willing to act on our belief and try out to God and ask him to save us by faith. Faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. We act upon faith. God said in Romans 10, 9, and 10, if you're here and may be lost, I have to trust you're saved. But if you're not, if you read Romans chapter 10, beginning with verse 9, I mean, you know, it's so clear that I don't have to add anything. Praise God, I don't intend to take away from anything. But he says here in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, Romans 10, 9, he said, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I mean, how clear is that? When Brother Friedley performed our wedding some 55 years ago, he didn't say in the wedding, you know, do you promise you won't date this girl anymore or be with this woman anymore? He just took that for granted because when we get married, we become one. One. And it's so important that we have the one that God wants us to have because if both of you plus, it won't work. If both of you negative, it won't work. You know, you become one. One in Christ. So God said, 
God says very clearly here in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 that if thou shalt confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. See, probably done something in my life that I don't know if any other preacher has done and and they still hate me but I was marrying this couple and I said in the wedding vows you know do you you know unless somebody write out the vows they want me to use I have lived some but I said you know do you so promise that you know, you're going to take this woman and you're going to take this man and that uh, that's how it's going to be from now on. And big grin came on the man's face and he said, well, it all depends if I find something better. You know, if I find something look better, I may, you know. No, I don't know. And this wedding has stopped. I wouldn't finish it. I mean, you know, you at least got to have the guts to lie. You know, you're sitting there on your wedding vows saying if I find something that looks better than what I've got, I'll be unfaithful to her. No doubt in my mind, that showed me the depravity of man. But Jesus changed my old depraved heart. Still in the book of Romans, chapter 10 and verse 13, God said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You believe that verse? Do you believe that verse as it is? But you do understand the only reason anybody calls upon the name of the Lord is because God been working under water. Because a dead man, a dead man can't do anything but smell. I mean, what God said, he stinks. You know, and God said, <coughs> you know, God says very clearly here, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But we know that before we were saved, we were dead in trespasses and sins. Our body was alive, but our spirit was dead. So that's what the preaching of the word does. It, it, it awakens the inward man and let that inward man know that he can't make it on his own, that he needs the Lord. The problem is there's so much pride in this world. But if you read the book of Proverbs, if you would take your pastors of advice and read a chapter a, a day and and each time you come to the word pride it'll take you a little uh, red marker and mark under the word pride pride coming before the fall but we have those who I wouldn't write in God's word you know it's precious it's uh, going to mark on, no 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 I can't do that 
That's why you still got the same Bible you had 40 years ago, right? You know what that Bible will be if you use it regularly after 40 years? Yeah, I dropped four or five over the house. I'll bring them back to sin. It's like anything else. You know. I think I paid a hundred some dollars for this one. You know. But after years it falls apart. But the word is the same. As we close, Jesus said in John fourteen six, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father but by me. So the question is, as we close, who needs the Savior? Answer, we all do. Acts 17, verse 30 and 31 and the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. Because he hath appointed, notice with me, he appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that, by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. Get it? Appointed. I don't care what Biden does. I don't care what that pretend vice president does. I don't care about none of that. If God said today is the day it all ends, it ends today. And he said it is an appointed day. You know what? The world looks out for itself. I'll give you an example. Not all person over the next county, their spouse died, just like mine died. And uh, they had a $100,000 bill insurance. So they applied for it and came back this two or three, four or five pages, you know. Offering all the ways that they could take that $100,000 and invest it, you know, and it becomes more. That's nice of them, wasn't it? Except the lady is 86 years old. She said, what should I do? Take that $100,000. Take it. It's yours. It's tax-free. You've earned it. They're looking out for them. He said, oh, they wouldn't do that. She gave me the papers. Would you like to see them? The world thinks about the world. Now, we as God's people are to think about God's word and what it says. Isaiah 45, 22 said, Look unto me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. Song, lead, and piano, strong. <laughs>